Hi everyone, Alan Schimmel, DevOps.com here for another DevOps chat. Today's DevOps chat's DevOps chat's guest, that was a tough one, is Stephen Hazel, co-founder CTO at Sauce Labs. Stephen, welcome to DevOps Chat. Hi, Alan. Glad to be here. Thank you. Well, glad to have you here, actually. So, Stephen, you know, there might be some people listening who maybe aren't familiar with Sauce Labs. So before we start, why don't we, if you don't mind, let's give uh, our listeners a quick overview. What, you know, tell us about Sauce Labs. Yeah, so at Sauce Labs, we do automated testing uh, for both web uh, and mobile apps. Um, we run a cloud service that uh, gives our customers access to a wide range of platforms, uh, whether that's uh, operating systems and browsers for web testing uh, or mobile uh, devices uh, and emulators and simulators for mobile testing. Um, so you can get access to uh, uh, you know, all the different platforms you need to test on, and you can get access to a lot of platforms at once to run your tests in parallel to get through a large uh, test suite rapidly, which is really what people need for uh, today's continuous integration and continuous delivery workflows. Got it. And, and of course, Stephen, Sauce Labs uh, was closely sort of linked with or around Selenium and some of the open source testing tools that are out there today, right? That's right. We, uh, uh, you know, we've seen Selenium is sort of the dominant web testing technology. Uh, in mobile testing, there's a variety of technologies, but um, uh, we support Appium, which also uses the WebDriver protocol that underlies Selenium. Uh, we really think that fitting in with those open source tools uh, is is the smart way to go. It fits with what people are doing. It gives people a lot of choices uh, about how they want to do their testing, what kind of languages and frameworks they want to use uh, on their end. And so we just plug right into um, Selenium tests. If you've already got Selenium tests or Appium tests, uh, you can just uh, change the config and point them at Sauce Labs, and uh, they'll run unmodified uh, on our it. systems. Got it. Um, and Stephen, you know, we were talking before we started recording today. I was telling you about a recent article we had over on DevOps.com that the gist of it was basically that DevOps was the death knell for QA. And I told you I didn't agree with that. And, and you agreed with me and said you didn't agree with it either. But for our audience, you know, you're, <laughs> they'll, they'll respect you a lot more than they respect me. Why don't you agree with that, Stephen? Yeah, well, I, I think that, um, you know, to, to suggest that there's no longer a role for manual QA uh, when you take on a DevOps process is just... It's just not in line with the facts, right? If you look at what um, we see large organizations doing, they're not dropping manual QA for automation. They're changing the, the mixture of what they have uh, manual testers doing uh, by quite a lot. Uh, but but they're, you know, they still have manual testing teams, and you still need a manual testing team. So what I see happening as you start to take on automation, um, your testing coverage improves dramatically because you can afford to do a lot more testing when you're automating. Uh, than was ever possible with a manual testing team. But automated testing, you know, I, the, the classic example is exploratory testing. You're just not going to get the kind of creative, um, exploratory, uh, you know, walkthrough of, of your app with a, an automated test that a manual tester can do. And I think there's still a role um, uh, for QA organizations, you know, beyond just manual testing, uh, in, in being kind of the other side of the conversation, right? There's a lot of people have the concern that if developers are writing tests, it's kind of, um, you know, the inmates running the asylum, right? It's uh, uh, the, the exact developers writing the software are the ones deciding whether it's uh, high quality and, 
you know, you kind of want another perspective in there. You want a perspective that's maybe closer to your customer uh, or your end user. So I think that, um, you know, the other side beyond just manual testing that you see with uh, QA teams continuing, continuing to have a, a role is in deciding what cases should be tested, um, whether you have good test coverage, encouraging good testing practices, uh, even, even when you are automating your tests. Absolutely. And, and you know, really, Stephen, I, I guess the boogeyman in the room around kind of the friction with, with DevOps and, and QA is automated, is automation, rather. And, you know, there's, there's some schools of thought that says, well, we, we can automate everything. And the more we automate, the better we are. And there's another school of thought that says, well, you can automate as much as you can. And, you know, automation is not a bad thing, but there are just going to be some things that are not automatable, if that's a word now, or may never be automated. Where, where do you, where do you go in on that kind of continuum? Well, you know, being someone who's uh, uh, pushing forward automated testing, I want to see automation go as far as we possibly can. Uh, and I think that that's very far. Um, that said, uh, I, I think that the, the way the mixture of tests changes as you adopt automation is maybe a little bit counterintuitive. Right? You might imagine, well, we'll automate like some percentage uh, of our, our manual test cases, maybe 80% or 90%. You know, maybe we get, could get to 100% if you're a zealot for, uh, for automation. Uh, but actually what you see is um, it's not that you're automating a percentage of, of what was there in manual testing. You'll actually have more automated test cases than you were able to do with manual testing. So if you just looked at the number of, of test cases, your automated cases are going to way outnumber the original count of manual test cases just because you can, right? You can now cover a lot more edge cases, a lot more scenarios because of the power of test automation. Uh, so that's, I mean, that's a real um, advantage to test automation. Sure, sure. At the same time, yeah, certainly there are things, you know, visual testing, there's some interesting approaches out there, um, but I don't think we've yet seen a way of making sure that, you know, the app looks right, uh, especially as it changes. You really need a human being involved when there are deliberate visual changes to make sure that they came out right. Um, and I think that that's kind of, it's those, um, you know, those, those things where automation really can't uh, give you an answer about, like, does it look right? Does it act in a way that's going to be acceptable to somebody? I think you still need a, a human being in there at some point uh, checking those things. But, you know, it's, it's a different process. It's no longer this phased gate um, before every uh, change is released uh, that you used to have. It's now uh, a process that can be made asynchronous from uh, the bulk of your development and release process. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But let's, if we don't, if you don't mind, Stephen, a little bit of time on what do you think of the? You mentioned a little bit, but what do you think of the kinds of tests that sort of lend themselves well to automation? Certainly, a visual test of an interface, you know, different horse. But what what are the kind of sweet spots for automated testing? Yeah, well, I think um, certainly at sort of the bottom of the testing pyramid, unit testing uh, brings tremendous value. It's, um, it, it's something that's very easy to automate in a way that's completely deterministic, very fast, uh, gives you really quick feedback as you're making, as a developer, as you're making changes to the code um, on, you know, whether you've broken something. Uh, but that the coverage with unit testing, the, the um, coverage of functionality that, you know, may be important to your end users, 
it's really hard to achieve. It's really hard to achieve a good, solid uh, uh, feedback from your unit tests that you haven't broken anything anywhere. Uh, and so functional testing, kind of the next layer up, uh, which is what re really we focus on, gives you that complete end-to-end -end check that um, you know, you're actually testing the features of your product and you're making sure that kind of end-to-end with all the various components uh, involved, they work properly. Uh, and that's, that's more of a challenge for automation, but we're seeing a lot of, um, you know, I think a majority of uh, development organizations out there seeing success uh, automating functional tests um, and real value from having that be, you know, uh, something where you can run through hundreds of test cases in, in minutes and get feedback to your team. Uh, so that, that, that works quite well for automation. I think it's that next level up uh, as you start to get into, you know, the, the types of tests where you're looking at what's ex an acceptable experience for the end user, right? User acceptance testing as distinguished from functional testing where you're really starting to look for, does it look right? Does it act right? Is the response time, you know, throughout the entire process acceptable? I mean, you can, you can zoom in and measure a lot of these things very specifically but getting the answer to, well, overall, though, was it a good experience? That's the kind of thing where it's, it's really tough to cover that with automation. Yeah, agreed. Stephen, if you don't mind, let me talk. I'm, so I'm, I'm a old security guy, <clears throat> you know, prior to DevOps. And, and one of the things we within the security community that we've really kind of pushed around is the idea of automated security testing shifting left in a DevOps sort of environment and <clears throat> and allowing security testing to be done in an automated fashion you know at a CICD type of level where do you see that in in, in this whole discussion yeah so security testing isn't what we focus on on uh, focus on at sauce labs so um, I'm not an expert in this uh, mm -hmm. but it is something that I uh, follow and and care a lot about and I think I see a lot going on with uh, with static analysis, um, with some of these tools that can help to constrain the types of mistakes uh, that you could have in a program, um, type systems and things along those lines. I, I think really that's very badly needed um, in, in making code secure. Some of the issues we've seen come up over the last uh, few years, things like Heartbleed, uh, the glibc bug, mm -hmm. uh, really, really those kinds of things, um, you know, aren't acceptable aren't something that we can continue to have happen. And I think the solution really is fully automated um, tools, you know, like static analysis tools and type systems that can lock down uh, the code and just constrain the types of mistakes that could possibly happen. Sure. You know, Stephen, I see it as very analogous to the QA situation, which is I think a lot of security people get very territorial you know, around job security because they're afraid somehow that doing automated security testing earlier in the, in the, in the, you know, shifting left, so to speak, earlier in the process is somehow going to affect their livelihoods, right? And, or make them obsolete. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. You know, we, we see that among, among QA folks for, for yeah. sure. And I think it's just, to me, that's a, a short-sighted view, right? The, yeah. the world is getting uh, more intense security problems, more intense quality problems. We're shipping more software you just can't solve it 100% by throwing bodies at the problem, right? I think that what's going to happen is not that those people's careers are in jeopardy. Instead, we're just, you know, as a society, we're just going to do more and better security and quality testing than, than we've been able to do in the past. Yep. 
Agreed. Agreed. Stephen, we're, we're running a little lower on time, so let me get uh, just one or two more questions. You know, Sauce Labs is, has been, well, in my opinion anyway, for what it's worth, somewhat of a DevOps darling in terms of really kind of, you know, uh, encompassing or, or a, you know, you're living the DevOps model, right? You're working with open source tools, testing and automation, you know, enabling automation. It, it's, you know, Sauce Labs is a player in the DevOps ecosystem. Where do you see it going? Uh, well, uh, toward the enterprise uh, is is one you know big trend we're seeing. We're, we're, earlier on in the history of Sauce Labs, a lot of our customers were essentially software companies, companies that mm -hmm. you know that their their primary focus is technology. And now a lot of our customers are um, retailers, uh, financial institutions, companies that you don't think of as you know primarily a software company, but they all of these companies have apps, they have uh, you know complex web experiences. Um, and they're really adopting uh, DevOps in a big way. They're, they're moving to a, what is for them a very different process than what they've been doing, uh, and um, you know allows them to ship better software faster um, in, with more complexity than they were able to handle before. Absolutely, Stephen. Where where uh, we are low on time. I'm going to ask you the final question, which I ask most all of my guests here on DevOps Chats, and that is, if you had to recommend one book to our audience that they should read, a must-read for them over the next six months or a year, what would that book be? Oh, wow, a book recommendation. Uh, I mean, I, I think uh, the, the obvious choice in a conversation about DevOps is the Phoenix Project. If you haven't yeah. read it, you've got to read it. It really, um, you know, it's, it's a, a quick... Uh, uh, enjoyable read, but it really gets the, the concept across better than probably anything else uh, is going to. Uh, so I, it's kind of it's an obvious recommendation, but I, I still no, think sometimes really the obvious is good. And I, I will just add to that: if you already have read the Dev, the Phoenix Project, uh, Gene Kim's next book, I think co-written with John Willis and Jez Humble and someone else, and I'm blanking on. Oh, uh, oh. Darn it, the guy who started DevOps, who coined the term frame, Patrick, Patrick Dubois. Uh, their new book, I think it's called the DevOps Handbook, will be out, I, I want to say, in the fall. So, you know, uh, not, a, not a sequel to the Phoenix Project, but another good book to look at. Anyway, Stephen Hazel, CTO, co-founder of Sauce Labs. Thanks for being this episode's guest on DevOps Chat and continued success with Sauce Labs. Oh, thanks a bunch. Thanks for having me.